0: good evening Newark it's good to be back with you again tonight we're gonna do a little a little study something that's a little different than what's been happening no puppets no song and dance but just a little study in the Word of God so let's get started with prayer Lord Jesus thank you for your word thank you for the opportunity to come together and to study your word to be with friends to be able to communicate and um, comment through technology as we study your word together thank you for everyone that's here some that are close and some that are far away we ask that you would bless each and every one and bless our time in your word tonight in jesus name amen this week we're discussing faith that is a huge topic it's also a topic that depending on where you're from and what you've been taught it can have so many different meanings there's so many facets to faith it's not a simple definition. If your child says, Mom, Dad, what's faith? You want to pause because what kind of faith? What's the context? What are we talking about here? So our pastoral team, we decided to use different people in the Bible to talk about the different kinds of faith and discuss discuss where they were in their life, um, in their faith in God. So I chose samson because samson is it's kind of crazy when you read hebrews 11 and you're in what we call the, the heroes of faith you read and you get down to verse 32 of hebrews 11 and it says well how much more do i need to say it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of gideon barak samson Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Every time I've read this passage, I pause when it gets to Samson, and I'm like, Samson, really? We learn about Samson in Sunday school. We learn about Samson uh, maybe in different different Bible studies at church. And usually, Samson is our negative our negative character, the one that just couldn't seem to get it right. And so you read this, and how did he make it into the heroes of faith? I don't get it. So I thought for this for this study tonight, we go back and just look at the story of Samson why was he listed there and we don't have time to read the entire story tonight but I'm gonna pick and choose some passages and we're just gonna talk through it so if you have your Bible it'd be a great time to pull it out as we study pull it out on your phone you can read through as I speak Uh, you can study it this week there's a lot of really good things we can take away in the story of Samson so in Judges chapter 13, we see the birth of Samson. Samson, um, his parents were not able to have children. And his mom, is the. her dad's from the tribe of Dan. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah, who was his father, Manoah's wife, and said, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden food you will become pregnant and give birth to a son and his hair must never be cut for he will be dedicated to god as a Nazarite from birth he will rescue israel from the philistines then the woman goes and she tells her husband what this this angel of god that she describes as being this powerful being that's obviously from the lord comes to her and uh, the da- Manoah wants to know what's going on, so he prays, and he says, God, if, if this is really true, if this really happened, please let the angel come back so I can see him. Later on, we see the angel appears again, not to Manoah, but to Manoah's wife, and she, she sees the angel. He speaks to her, and she runs and gets her husband, and they come back, and they talk to the angel, and... What's fascinating here is Manoah asked the angel in in verse 12 of chapter 13, When your words come true, what kind of rules should govern the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord replied, Be sure your wife follows the instructions I gave her. She must not eat grapes or raisins, drink wine or any other alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden food. Then they ask the angel to stay. They prepare a sacrifice. They ask his name. And he said, you wouldn't understand it. They didn't realize it was an angel of the Lord. They create a sacrifice and the angel of the Lord goes up in the burnt offering. They're terrified, but they go on with their life and they they have a son. And they name him Samson. So this child is born with his future already in place. His parents will raise him and teach him. It's clear from the scriptures that they have taught him that you have, you are to be a judge of Israel. You can't cut your hair. They teach him these things. They, re, they relate to him what the angel said. So this child grows up, as we would say in church, he grows up in a very specific environment with very specific structure for planned for his life. His life is planned for him. That doesn't always go well when uh, we tell a child their life is planned for them. And this is how it's going to, this is how it's going to go samson uh, the next time we hear about samson he's a man obviously old enough to get married and he sees a woman and he tells his parents i i want that woman i want to marry that woman right there and they are distressed they said she's not one of our people why can't you marry one of our people why are you going after a woman a foreigner uh when when you're supposed to be a judge and samson is unmoving unwavering and the scripture tells us that let's see what the scripture says the scripture says that god was in this that he's not scripture doesn't seem real distressed that samson um chose this foreign woman and it says that that god is in control of this god is in control of him falling for this woman wanting this woman and it's to disrupt the philistines God is going to use this to disrupt the Philistines. So what we see here, is we see again God working and, and moving Samson around a little bit. Even the choice he makes says that God stirred this up within Samson. So he wants to marry this woman and his parents set it up. He throws a big party, invites 30 young men from the town. It's, it's custom that they would have a big party. Kind of like your last raw, your bachelor's party, Samson throws a huge bachelor party, and he has a riddle for these young men. And it's a riddle that is based on a lion he had previously killed and come through the next day, and there was honey in the lion's carcass, and he ate the honey. So he creates this riddle that they can't answer. And so they threaten the life of um, his his soon-to-be wife. They threaten the life of her father. So she nags samson it actually used the words "nags." she just cries all through the wedding ceremony seven days of celebration she cries she cries the whole time and finally samson gives in and tells her she relays that information to the young men and they come back they have the riddle and samson knows that he was betrayed he acknowledges if you had not um, harassed my wife this wouldn't have happened so samson goes and kills a bunch of men And takes their coats and gives them to these guys for to pay his his debt for this bet Um, then he leaves in anger it says he he walks out in anger and leaves and goes home to his mom and dad and he leaves his wife there and her father gives her in marriage to Samson's best man he comes back it says at the time of the wheat harvest and he wants his wife I guess it took him a while to get over his his anger. He comes back to get his wife, and she's married to someone else. Samson is lit up. He is livid. He says, what I'm about to do is on your own heads. I am not to blame for what I'm about to do. So then we come to a very famous story that, that many people know. And it says that Samson went out and caught 300 foxes. He tied their tails together in pairs, and he fastened a torch to each pair of tails. Then he lit the torches and let the foxes run through the fields of the Philistines. This is during wheat time of their wheat harvest. He burned all their grain to the ground, including the grain still in piles, and all that had been bundled. He also destroyed their grapevines and olive trees. Who did this? The Philistines demanded. Samson was the reply because his father-in-law from Timnah gave Samson's wife to be married to his best man. So the Philistines went and got the woman and her father and burned them to death. So to get back at Samson, they go and take the woman. He was, he was married to that was given to someone else and they burn her to death and her father. And as much as all the trauma that's happened so far, Samson's anger is taken to another level and he vows to root, to seek vengeance again does this sound like a person of faith or are we are you feeling it here the the oh Samson has great faith Samson goes on to um to go down to another the town and he kills it says he kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey and as payback for what they did to to his wife and then he's exhausted the Lord provides water springing up out of the ground for him and this chapter chapter 15 ends with saying Samson was Israel's judge for 20 years while the Philistines ruled the land then you have chapter 16 which is just little snippets of those 20 years is is pulled out it's pulled out that um, Samson went and he met with a prostitute one night, and the town gathered together to kill him, And but he got up at midnight, and they had barred the gates, and he just picked the gates and carried the gates off of the city. These are massive gates of the city, and he sits them on the hill, and he walks off. Samson has no fear. He's not troubled. He's not worried. He just goes about his life, and then later, and this is very interesting, at the end of Samson's life. The reason we know this is at the end of his life is because this is the story that That finishes his life so he's been judging Israel for 20 years he's a seasoned judge in Israel he is by no means living a righteous lifestyle we see that Um, Samson has a problem women are a problem in Samson's life and it says in chapter 16 verse 4 that later Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sorek So the leaders of the Philistines go to her and they offer her a lot of money to find out the secret to Samson's strength. And through different visits and Samson coming, he's judging Israel and he's coming and visiting Delilah and staying with Delilah. And she begins to harass him and nag him again. And we see again that Samson holds up and he thinks he kind of gives little hints and he lies to her and she tries out these these different things that he says that don't work, that don't take his strength. And she's angry and she cries and she cries and she nags him and she nags him. And it says that in, in 16 verse 16, it says, so day after day she nagged him until he couldn't stand it any longer. And finally Samson told her his secret. My hair has never been cut. He confessed for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine leaders. They came back when Samson fell asleep in her lap. She had someone come in. They cut his hair off and she says, the Philistines are upon you. He raises up and the scripture says, when he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and made to grind grain in the prison. But before long, his hair began to grow back. Then the Philistines have a great feast, a great celebration in their temple to Dagon, their, their false god. And they're celebrating that Dagon has helped them capture Samson. And they, they get really drunk. It says everybody's plastered. <laughs> and they want to bring Samson out. And they want him to come and they want to mock him and they want him to perform for them. And they bring Samson out, and Samson in verse 26 said to the servant who was leading him by the hand, Place my hands against the two pillars. I will rest against them. The temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine leaders were there, and there were about 3,000 on the roof who were watching Samson and making fun of him. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me one more time so that I may pay back the Philistines for the loss of my eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the center pillars of the temple and pushed against them with all his might. Let me die with the Philistines, he prayed. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine leaders and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. Later, his brothers and other relatives went down to get his body. They took him back home and buried him with his father samson has a a sordid story it's a painful story it's a painful story to watch of someone that was called of god it had a very specific plan for his life and yet even even though even with god being a part of it he pushed against the plan he pushed against righteousness he pushed against some of the things that we see a righteous person would be taught to do he pushes against that. He, he is continually drawn by women that are not, that are foreigners, that represent the enemy in this story. And yet, we never see Samson doubt that God is going to come through for him. That's what is amazing to me. Many times as believers, um, I know I do, and I, I know some of you do as well, we make a mistake or we make a conscious decision to go against God. Or we're praying for something and we, we just don't believe it can happen. We're not good enough. Our works, we haven't done enough good works. We haven't done enough things to be worthy of God working in our life. Of God using us in ministry. Of God speaking to us and answering our prayers. And yet, in scripture we see the story of Samson. Who has blatantly broken the laws of God. And yet he has faith that God will do what God does. God has a plan and God has made promises. And Samson never in the story does it say he doubted. No, he went and slept with the prostitute. And then he went to the gates of the the, the city expecting the spirit of the Lord to be upon him as he lifted those gates and carried them out. He expected in his wrath and anger even for the spirit of the Lord to be upon him. Are we supposed to act like Samson? No. Are we supposed to live unrighteous? The New Testament, you know, Paul speaks to us and says, don't sin more just because we know that grace abounds. But Samson is a great example of just trusting God to do what God said he's going to do. Samson trusted God to be God. Many times I struggle with trusting God to be God. I question, are you, can you really do this? Will you really do this? Samson, even living in in sin, and sometimes what seemed like debauchery, Samson trusted God to be God. He trusted God to play his part in the narrative, in the story. And I I believe that 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 is why Samson is in the hall of, of faith. At the end of his life, Samson had a servant put his hands on the pillars and he prayed, God, one more time, be God. And let your will happen here. Let these Philistines, this enemy of your people, be destroyed. And it happened. Not because Samson was this righteous person, but because God is God. And God has power. And God gives his word. He had a plan for Samson's life. He had a way that he had made for Samson to be judged. And even with all of Samson's mistakes, God still followed his plan. And many times, in our walk of faith, it's hard to just trust God to be God. It's hard to let go of control and say, God, I've messed up, I am fallen, I am broken. But to realize that it's not about us. Yes, we have to repent. Yes, we have to live lives of repentance. We want to constantly be striving towards the calling that God has for us, constantly growing and obeying his word and doing more to draw closer to God. But we will always fall short. But God doesn't fulfill his role as God because of what we accomplish. God is just being God. Find his promises in his word Read the end of the story. Read what God is doing. He's going to do in your life, in my life. His promises of mercy and grace. His promises of restoration. Look at Samson and be thankful for restoration. God is going to have a kingdom. He's going to win in the end. And we can be a part of that. We can be a part of his kingdom. We can be a part of this faith walk. Knowing that when even when we fail, God has promised to forgive. He has promised to restore. And that we can put faith in him, not because of how good we are, but because of how good he is. He is the one and only true God. And he will fulfill his word. And he will fulfill his promise It may not be the way we thought it would be, but it doesn't depend on our thoughts and our desires because it all depends on His plan and His purpose in His kingdom. We serve a good God who answers us and hears our prayers, and He has a plan and a promise for each one of us. Hold on to faith and let God be God in your life. We love you. God bless you and have a great evening.